Hey there, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. As you know, we don't normally do the show during the summertime, but uh, certain rules were just made to be broken. And when you find out who our guest is, you'll be quick to agree. We've got Rocky Emerson. She's an adult performer. And, oh my gosh, uh, it's it's difficult to uh, find an adjective that would accurately uh, satisfy uh, what it's like to be in Rocky's presence. But uh, but please know that uh, to, to, do, to be so is to be under her spell. She is the tallest girl in the game and quite possibly the hottest. Um, she is just so unique and interesting and fascinating, and we're so glad to have her this week. Uh, we also have Mandy Meadows. She's also a performer, uh, but she's also like a magician, a singer, like a vaudeville act. <laughs> There's so many. She's a true Renaissance woman, uh, and we're happy to have part two of our talk uh, with Mandy. So uh, we want to just go ahead and jump right on in right now. Uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors, which we'll be naming by name during the break. But let's go ahead and get to it again. And let's just jump right on in here because I wouldn't want to have to wait to hear from the incomparable Rocky Emerson. Okay, so joining us now is adult performer Rocky Emerson. She's been on a bit of a hiatus lately, uh, but she's back and we're so excited to have her. She's one of the most striking, unique individuals ever to do it, and we're so excited to have her. Welcome back, and welcome to Tricky Kid Radio, Rocky Emerson. Thank you. Hello. I'm thinking about it. Well, you know, so speaking of hiatus, so tell everybody, where, where have you been? Officially, has the break been between your last scene until you have filmed your, your latest scene? Um, my last scene, I think, was mid February, maybe, or like early March. And then I went out to Tennessee for a few months, and my first scene back is on the 4th. So, okay, of August. Okay, so, so so not too long, but kind of in the adult world, that is kind of long, right? Like, I mean, that's... It is sort of long. Um, what is that, like four months, five months? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. It was, it was difficult to be away, for sure. Um, but, I mean, I got to go live in the country and, you know, explore some new things and... Yeah. Very... Well, that's awesome. And again, it'll take some time for you, but also it's, you know, when you compare, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And, 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 you know, the plan is now is to, you know, take breaks as needed, but um, there shouldn't be anything so important that I actually have to leave the state for anymore, which is nice. I was working a whole bunch and sort of looking to take a break anyways, and then, you know, my, my family hit me up and just said, you know, we need to handle some stuff, and so... I just went and handled it, and then um, stayed out there a little bit longer. Good, good. Then planned. (laughs) (laughs) So so it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of handling business, a little bit of, you know, I was was living on a farm and um, just 
sort of hanging out and relaxing and um, that was really nice. I'm also a workhorse, so it was really weird for me to not go to work for five months. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have the right. same workaholic kind of tendencies. But it reminds me of the line from The Big Lebowski when he says, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Carl Hungus? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's yeah. too funny. So, so did you grow up in Tennessee? Right, for sure. Now, you you said that AVN was a little nuts for you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, it was nuts in a really good way. Um, I think it just contributed to my willingness to go help out. <laughs> um, I, uh, I had three shoots a day and four to eight hours of signing and like hosted a party and was hosting people in my home. Um so, I mean, and I'm not complaining. I love that, and I'm probably going to do the same thing this year at ABN, of course. Um, but when, when that all happened and I was tired and then, you know, my family reached out to me and said, we need you, um, I was like, yeah, I think I worked hard enough. I will go help you guys for a little bit. <laughs> for, for sure. And, and you know, what's also that's kind of cool, too, is that, um, you know, not all parents, unfortunately, seem to can kind of understand or be as supportive uh, uh, for a lot of adult performers, uh, for whatever reason, it's um, you know it's it's a little bit more challenging for them. Can you talk yeah. to? Can you speak to that a little bit about your parents being supportive of what you do? So, um, my dad plays the whole like "Don't ask, don't tell." I'm super proud of you, and can tell you're doing great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure that he knows. Um, but he, he called me one day and said, I don't really want to know what you're doing, but just know that I'm proud of you, and I see you traveling, and I see you making good money and being really happy, and, and I'm proud of you. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you, Dad. And then uh, my mother was not so easy with it at first, and she actually was not great with it until after this break, which is really cool. And, I, and so I'm, that's the thing I'm most grateful for about this break that I took is she saw how much I missed the industry. She saw how much I wanted to go home and, um, you know, and, and I did, and I handled business and I stayed as long as I needed to. But she, at the end of the day, I was like, listen, mom, I'm going back to Las Vegas. I'm going back to my job. She knows exactly what it is. Um, you know, I was like, I'm going to do porn and I know that's not your favorite thing, but that's what allowed me to take five months off. Like that's right. what allowed me to be available for you. And this industry is so understanding and loving and supportive and, and lucrative for me that, like, I have been able to do this. Yeah. You know? and, and so I'm going to go back so that I can do it again and so that I can, you know, continue to support my family and my friends and, and be responsible and be happy and, like, you know, live the life that I feel like I'm supposed to be living. Um, and, and you know, she was just like, okay, like, what do you need? Do you need help packing? Do you need help, you know, uh, finding hotels? She helped me book hotels on my drive from Tennessee back to Vegas. Because um, I didn't know how far I would make it, so I'd call her. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I'd call her because I can't be booking a hotel on the internet. <laughs> right, right. And be like, I think I'm going to make it to Albuquerque. Can you find me a hotel that lets me have cats in Albuquerque? And she <laughs> <laughs> But see, book you in, so so that was really cool. It was a really nice change of heart for her to see that, like, 
I did what I needed to do. I got away for the time that I needed to get away and that I made like an educated, rested decision to go back. And, and I think it really like set in stone for her that this wasn't me like just doing something I hated for money or like just trying to get attention, that it was really like me and where I belong. Right, right. But also, you, you even mentioned it yourself, and I was going to bring it up. I was going to say, well, you know, it was you working for yourself and being successful is what allowed you to right. be able, because anybody else that, that worked what they would probably consider something that would make them a little bit more comfortable, some sort of nine to five, they would have had to have said, hey, uh, I'm sorry, I don't have five months to come help you, but this <laughs> did. And right. God, what a, what a great validation for you. Yeah, it was, it was really, really nice the, the day that we had the conversation and I said, I'm, I'm done here, I'm going back home. And, and um, it was met with like love and understanding and acceptance. And, um, you know, and I'm really glad that I was able to like be honest with her and, and have that support. And I know not everyone does. And, and I've been on the other side of that coin too. You know, I've, I've had my mother be like, I don't understand, you know? Right, right. Um, and she still does it, but she finally understands that she doesn't have to get it, but I do. Right, for sure. But, you know, it's also, it's also like a twofer, though. Because think about this for, for one, on one aspect, okay? I'm not an adult performer, and I, go, and I went through that with my family just because I have a different, you know, I don't have the, the nine to five. I wanted to work, you know, for myself. I wanted to do something creative, and, and you know, and I'm thriving and having a great time. And, uh, and so... You know, I went through that with my family where I was making more money than they were. And I think that they thought I, do, I didn't even have a job. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. You know, it's like a Thanksgiving. It's kind of like, well, what is Roy doing? Oh, I don't know. He, yeah, I was like, look, I love to talk and I found a way to get people to pay me to do it. Like, like <laughs> you, I was able to come home for Thanksgiving because, you know, like you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that, that, you know, a lot of times the performers have to deal with what anybody that chooses to take a different path does. And then on top of it, what the actual job entails can also be challenging for it. So it's like a one-two punch there. You know what I mean? Um, but I am so glad to hear that you're very confident. And that also makes you not only successful in business, but it also comes across for you as a performer, which then makes you even more successful. You know? And yeah. Do, you know? Yes, and, and I can come back knowing that... Um, Right, like I didn't have the nine to five that didn't allow me to be there for the people that needed me, and I didn't do all that stuff. And um, one thing that's really cool is I lived really close to Nashville and Tennessee, and um, oh, fun, fun. Yeah, and I, I hung out with a lot of musicians. It's just where I ended up living and the people I met, you know. And it's kind of like the industry; they all just hang out with each other. It's a small <laughs> yeah. world. Once you're in it, it's the smallest world ever. Yes, for sure. And um, and they were all in the same boat and they were like yeah I don't put myself out there the same way you do but I travel for a living I'm on the road for six weeks at a time uh, you know and I make good money and then I'm home and I'm, when I'm off I'm off I just have to check my emails and do my social media and and um, it was really cool to meet people outside of porn who still like what you're saying who still live that different life who yeah. their parents were like oh you're gonna try to be a rock star great you know <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> And then, and then they, you know, they grew up in that industry and they became successful and they calmed down and they became business people who have a skill um, that, you know, requires public attention. And, um, and so it was nice that even though I was so removed from my people, 
I was still around other people, and I think that even them sort of helped me in the adjustment of being away, and then the adjustment of going home, and and uh, and you know, and like relating to society on a different level, where you know, you you go out for drinks or something and someone's talking about their nine to five and I'm like, I have no idea what right. that's like. You know? <laughs> Right, but at the same time, though, it was the reasons why uh, I especially requested to have you on the show. I thought you would enjoy this little tale here. Uh, so I was at AVN this year. Now, one thing you should know about the show is that we're not really like an adult industry-based program. We just we just believe in including everyone. I mean, we have everybody from authors, actors, athletes. People ask me what the show's about, and I see the show is about fun. And and so and we got invited to come out to. Um, I'm also a, a DJ, and I had done some DJ work at the Hard Rock, and I just happened. It, it happened to kind of overlap one year with AVN, and I was like, "That looks like a whole mess of fun," and I want to. And so the next year, I was like that guy that was actually, you know, the guys like DJing in the hallway, like. Uh, oh yeah, were you yeah. near the Snapchat booth? Uh, I was by the I was by the MFC girls. Oh, you're by MFC. Okay. And so, uh, and so, anyway, so I started doing that, and then we started, you know, uh, you know, working with Brian, and and just really making it a, a yearly thing that I look forward to doing. And so, and so, I went, and now uh, let me say this. So, I guess everybody would have, let's say, like their type. Like, 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 were you were you a fan of porn before you actually started performing? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so. I don't watch porn. <laughs> I didn't think so. You know, a lot. I've, I've, we've had a lot of porn stars on that. You know, I, I've had I've had a Carrie King from Slayer on, and he does not listen to metal. You know what I mean? Right. It's just because right. you're involved. But the reason why I ask you is because I something you could probably could relate to is that I'm actually I don't watch a lot of porn either. That's why I I didn't even know what the hell AVN was. Uh, number two. Uh, but I do think you can relate to the idea is that there are certain performers that people would like or be or just something you'd be attracted to, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the hell they're doing. You're going to be interested in it. Do you know what I mean? It's like may, may, maybe some people watch for specific, I don't know, uh, scenes or acts or whatever. But then there are certain people that you could just watch watch paint dry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like. And so for me, and with all due respect, uh, like you know who the performer Ken, you know Kenzie Reeves is, right? Yes. Okay. So we had so last time I was I was at AVN, we had Kenzie on the show, and now Kenzie would be somebody that would be kind of like physically would kind of be like my ideal. Like if my friends uh-huh. saw her, they'd be like, "Oh shit, Roy's in trouble." Like that's you know, <laughs> okay. And again, with all due respect, as long as and I've known like uh, like like Joanna and Mitch and Aaron and all them way back. I lived in Brooklyn uh, way back in two thousand and six no when she way. got yeah when she got started. Oh. And me and uh, and a friend of ours, a uh, mutual friend named Jess, he passed away a few years ago. But he and I used to DJ all the early Burning Angel parties back in Brooklyn, no right? Way. Yeah. Now, with all due respect, again, the kind of heavily tattooed thing, it's it's hot, but it's, you know, it's, again, everybody kind of has what, what they like. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not for everybody. It's, and, and, and that's fine. I knew that yeah. going into it. I was like, I don't look like any of the porn girls, but it's okay. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> right. 
So, so but that brings me to my point here. So, again, so a guy like me who doesn't watch a lot of porn, who whose porn st- ideal porn star would be like a Kenzie Reeves, the uh-huh. more of the short, petite, not a lot, the whole tattoo thing. Okay, you and yeah. you are the polar opposite. <laughs> And you came around like the corner or something at uh-huh. some booth. Rocky, I have played chess with Al Pacino, and I was not as starstruck <laughs> as, then as I was oh when I saw you. Thank you. <laughs> you have, and that's why I, I disclaimed all of that, because you would you defy all of my normal uh, you know, tastes and traditions. I was like a fucking deer in headlights. I, I was like, who is this person? You're so interesting and so different and so unique. And, you know, it, it, nothing against AVN and the people that come there. And, and these are your people. But, you know, there's a lot of unfuckable people there. You know that. You know. You know. And so the last thing I wanted to do was stare. I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. I was like, who is this person? I have got to go say, you're like a million feet tall. And, and like, you know, like how you have, like, hot and then you have, like, Perfect. Like there's something, there's something special about you, Miss Emerson. I'm telling you. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> uh, I, it was. I could. I couldn't believe it. It's always like, okay, I, I've got to go say hello, and, and hopefully she'll be cool. And 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 you were, and I came up, and I think Aaron actually introduced us, and you were totally cool. Uh, and then I was thinking, so I told my producer, I was like, we have got to get her on the show. And then I think it was, I guess, shortly after that was when you took your hiatus. Uh-huh. So we don't we don't even do the show during the summertime. We do it like in seasons, like 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 network TV. Uh-huh. And so my producer, I guess, saw something about you coming back, and she called me, and I was like, I don't, Aww. I go, I don't care if it's the off season. Get her ass on the phone <laughs> right now. So I I have. So I wanted to tell you that that is why you were on the program today because you you, uh, were the highlight of our AVN this year. So when you said it was crazy, I I was hoping you were going to say something positive because I wanted you to know how positive you made our experience. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, that that makes me feel really good. I mean, when I got started doing porn, everyone was like, "Um, you're six foot three and have a demon on your back. Like, no, like, <laughs> right. what, are you, what are you doing here? And and I didn't take it personally. I didn't take offense. And um, and I think the reason I have such a positive attitude is, is I'm not like super insecure or anything. But but I understand that like when you tell a girl like think of a hot, or when you tell a guy to think of a hot girl, they don't say six foot three with a demon tattoo in our back. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Nobody says that. And and I thought it was really like a really cool opportunity that I've been given when I decided to do porn and, and people started to like accept me and hire me and, and I started becoming successful that I was like, you know what? Like I am not this perfect idea that people think of at first and I don't think that I'm perfect at all. Uh, but I have the opportunity to be the different person who refuses to go away and continues to say, Hey, like people like seeing me have sex. And I know that when you when you look at it and you're like, but if I hire the short blonde girl, which there's nothing wrong with that. I have lots of short blonde girl porn right. that are beautiful, amazing performers. I'm not saying anything bad about them. Or I could like take a risk and hire this girl who I don't know how she's going to do on my site. And inevitably, I, I, I tend to do 
fairly well, and I think it's because it is so different, and so the people that have noticed me are like, holy shit, like, now she's on, I don't know if I can cuss it, sorry, um, you know, now she's We have on. an editor, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, and I appreciate you asking. Insight. Yeah. That's, you know, that's so cool, and, and um, I think because I came in with a little bit of a tougher skin and was just like, listen, I'm going to keep fucking people for money, oh, I did it again, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we, we, have, we have an editor, and I appreciate you asking, so just yeah. be yourself, go ahead. Okay, um, you know, but like, I'm, I'm going to keep having sex for money, whether you pay me or I make it myself, and it's working, and... I, you know, and I'm striving in this business, and I'm really, really grateful for that, and I, and I don't feel entitled to it. I feel like it's because I've been dedicated, and, and I've taken the nose lightly. I've been like, okay, your site doesn't want someone like me. That's fine. I'll go find somebody who does, and if those sites come back to me later, and they're like, actually, you seem to be doing well. Can we hire you? I'm not grumpy about it. I'm like, absolutely. I would love to work for you. I'm, I'm glad that whatever happened that changed your mind happened, you know, and, um, and I just try... I don't know. I just try to like embrace exactly who I am, and you know, like my nickname for a while was Trash Baby, and like I wore shorts and a tank top and fishnets to the ABN Awards. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I didn't wear like a nice dress, and I'll probably wear a nice dress this year because that was a little bit bratty of me. Um, I was <laughs> I was exhausted, and I couldn't find a dress, and I tried to buy one that day, and I couldn't find one. And I was like, you know what? Like this is fine. Like I'm Trash Baby. I show up in this, and it's fine and you know this is who I am and, and the person I am didn't have time to buy a dress today you know that's right that's right um, but so I've been traveling right before that I went to LA San Francisco and New York and then I landed back in Vegas the night before ABN started so I had no time to prepare <laughs> yeah because you're cause, uh, cause you, you're, you're... Hey, want to thank all of our great sponsors. Man, we've had a, a great couple of weeks, and I hope everyone's having a fantastic summer. Again, you don't normally hear from us in the, during the summertime, uh, but uh, usually the show doesn't begin till after Labor Day. But uh, again, we had to make an exception for uh, God for the goddess that is Rocky Emerson. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of things here. Um, we were recently at Let's Play Gaming Expo in Irving, Texas, and we did the show live. want to thank them for being such great sponsors. Uh, lots of great stuff coming up uh, from them. They have a lot of great uh, events coming up. Uh, we're going to be at uh, the Riot Fest in Chicago. A lot of you guys know that I toured with a band called Ween uh, for many years, and they're good. There's a, the lineup is just insane. Uh, it's like Slayer's last show in Chicago. Uh, make sure you're at Riot Fest if you haven't already got your tickets. Uh, it's, it comes up uh, coming your way September 13th through uh, the 15th there in Chicago. And again, the lineup is nuts. It's the return of Bikini Kill. Uh, again, uh, Anthrax is going to be there. Uh, our good friends Anthrax. Uh, lots of, if you're into that sort of thing, like Testament's also there, uh, Die Antword, talk about some crazy stuff there, uh, man, the Ron Contours, Violent Femmes, list goes on and on, so we will see you in Chicago, and so right now, so this is our song of the week, uh, in fact, we have two guests, so I might play two songs, uh, from two different artists, but right now, uh, I'm gonna play you, uh, this is a song called You're Paranoid from one of my favorite bands. Uh, they're actually unpronounceable, uh, but for, uh, I guess, for 
aesthetic reasons, they call themselves Chick Chick Chick. Uh, they're from Brooklyn. They have a new album coming out called Wallop. It's coming out on August the 30th on Warp Records and pre-orders available now. And again, this is your Paranoid. Check it out when it comes out later this month. They are awesome. And we'll be right back with more Rocky Emerson.
Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey everybody, this is actor and musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Not specific. I've said this since before I did porn, is that, like, there are just certain people that as, as soon as I'm around them, I'm like, yep, you're the person I want to have sex with. Or even with, like, dating, it's usually just, like, an immediate, like, I would like to date you now. Um, and I can't really put my finger on it other than a certain type of confidence that isn't, like, if some dude came up to me and they're like, oh, yeah, like, I know you want to fuck me, I'd be like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. You can go away now. Um, <laughs> All that fuckboy nonsense, right, you know? Yeah, but if you if you just come up to me and you're just, like, cool, and there's just, like, this, like, unspoken thing where clearly we both find each other attractive, clearly we're both confident in engaging in the conversation, that's cool. And then, like, eventually I'll... I, I like teasing people in public. That is something that I really like. Um, like the last person I had sex with, we were all in a pool and I like put his hand, put my hand on his shorts and was like jerking him off and we were all in the pool together and like in Vegas, like in one of the fancy rooftop pools or whatever, you know, and I yeah. started like, touch, I just started like touching his dick and, um, you know, I was like, yeah, like this is going to happen today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, w- um, now, was he in the industry? See, and so that makes it a little, little bit more, you know, real in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a friend of mine. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then we went back to where we had, like, some sort of privacy and not, you know, a public pool. And <laughs> right. just, you know, just, like, got naked and had sex. Like, there wasn't this whole big... I think the thing that... It's more that I get turned off when people either make it a big deal or assume that it's happening before I've given them any reason to. Like, those are the two things that are an immediate no. Stranger would, like, and this doesn't happen often, um, but, you know, like, if an absolute stranger just came up to me and thought that, like, I wanted to get my ass grabbed because I do porn and they just saw my friend who knows me do it. You know what I mean? Right, Something sure. Like that, where they're like, they're like, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. And it's like, well, everyone else I know. Yeah. Like, they have my phone number. They're allowed to touch my ass. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, random. Well, and it's okay. To, like, I, you know, I'm not like a completely, like, hateful prude or whatever. Like, at the booth at EVN, uh, what's funny is, like, most of the people who actually, like, waited in line and showed up to, like, buy a photo or, and take a photo with me or whatever are um, way, way more respectful than the people that are like not necessarily at AVM like just happen to be at the Hard Rock that are hanging out in the casino and then figure out what's going on. Right, right, right. Like, you know, my actual crowd, like you're saying, like those people that I'm there for and and I'm there to meet and I'm there to entertain and I'm I'm there, you know, for them, like that's why I go to AVM. Yeah. So that the people who have been wanting to meet me get to those people are all super sweet and like I, I do let them touch me you know like we take a photo and they're like ah, and they're like all nervous and I'm like do you want to like grab my tits or my ass like what do you want you yeah 
and I like and I tell them it's okay and then it is okay and, and no one goes you know overboard or whatever and um yeah it's it's always just like a random person and not even necessarily during ABM it's a random person who may or may not know who I am but sees me interacting with other porn friends that I'm comfortable with I've probably already had sex with Right. You know? Right. And then they're like, "Ooh, this girl at the bar." And granted, I live in Vegas, and so a lot of people come here to party. A lot of people come here to have a good time, and and I sound very seen my face when you came around the corner. You remember in you remember in Wayne's World when he sees uh, Tia Carrera for the first time, yes. and some he's all, "Oh, dream waver," like that. That was yeah. me. Right. Okay. You know the expression of like, "Oh, you hold my phone." I was like, "Okay." Watch my equipment. I'm going on an adventure. I have to. I have to meet this person. That's so cool. But you know, it's just. And this is what we talked about before. Was that you know you were talking about you know the tattoos and the height and it's like again it's like you're thriving not because of them or even in spite of them. You have something that is completely transcends anything. And for that, that is for me is the sign of a true star. The first thing that come to, comes to mind is my hookup hotshot scene because that one is really, really intense, and I was not nervous about it at all. Um, but my my first anal scene just came out on DVD, like the the full movie just came out, um, and that one was like was my first on camera anal, and it was scary and all of that. But um, I was confident with the director and the team and my scene partner and all of that. And it went really, really well, and um, just, like, something that I really enjoy that is rare to happen is, like, group sex. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of group sex porn, but, um, you know, it's expensive, and you have to coordinate, like, seven porn people, and we're, like, herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, people don't um, understand that the gangbang thing is, <laughs> it's a quite a production, right? Yeah. Um, and so there was one time that it was like super, super real. And, um, this is the company I work for a lot. I, you know, the director and the guy doing camera were both tested and I knew it. And we've had sex before we've had sex on camera and off camera. And like, um, I was finished with my first scene of the day. I was waiting for my next scene partner to get ready. Um, Cum makes me really horny, so when the scene ends, I'm more horny because I just got cum done. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so I started, like, sucking the camera dude's dick, and then he was like, hold on, and, like, grabbed the behind-the-scenes camera. It wasn't even the actual, like, porn shooting camera. Um, and starts recording me sucking his dick, and then the director walks up and started, like, fucking me from behind. <laughs> <laughs> And this poor girl that I'm about to work with is like, what's happening? <laughs> that outstanding, um, man. That yeah, is... so they recorded all of it. And then um, the director was like, come over here and like telling the girl to join. But not in a creepy way. We're just like, hey, if you want to like have fun, like come join us. Like it's cool. We'll just get extra footage, I guess. And she was like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I have to finish my makeup, and we're like, okay. And she wasn't offended or anything. She was just like, I have to finish my makeup. She didn't want to be on camera yet. And then um, I think she invited us over to the couch she was sitting on. So we're like, okay. So we go over to the couch, and then she does join us. Um, so it was a really, like, realistic, boresome, like, group sex situation, um, which is really rare 
for me to shoot just because it doesn't happen. Like, I would love to. And in real life, I have a fair amount of group sex, but I have to, like, try to make it happen, you know? And this was just effortless, and it was all recorded, and, like, it's on my many bits or something, and it just says, behind the scenes, unplanned foursome or something like that. <laughs> um, and you can tell it's just, like, really crappy footage, and, you know, like... But it's so good because I was like, no, like, yeah, everyone thinks that that's how it is on set every single day. But when I'm with my friends and I'm in a really comfortable situation, like, that is what it's like. But most of the time, you know, we show up, do our makeup, maybe, like, mess around a little bit. Like, you know, I've, like, played, you know, played with, like, the person's dick who was shooting before me or whatever. Like, we do interact with each other, but, like, having a full-on force out of nowhere was awesome. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, it was basically, again, the, you know, the spontaneity of it, the, it was obviously mm-hmm. the, the authenticity of it, and you got it on camera, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I was like, sweet, we can even use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I love the porn world versus the civilian world because when you go, it was an unplanned foursome. Okay, like in the civilian world, are foursomes ever planned? I mean, you know, like that would only be a term that would have to be, and we didn't even plan it. Like that, that's, that's endlessly funny to me. Um, so, so when you say that you have a lot of group sex like with your friends like off camera, but, but you say that that's something that you actually – do have to plan what would tell me an instance where you would be inspired to do that um i mean it doesn't really happen often anymore but like um before i started doing porn i would go to sex clubs most of the time i would only have sex with my partner occasionally it got really wild and like some group sex happened um me and that person would um like go to bars and like pick up girls and be like hey like do you want to hook up with both of us we were in the Bay Area, so it was really easy. Oh yeah, for, yeah, for sure. My favorite, um, my favorite place in America too. By the way, I love that, love that area. But like, yeah, we would we would agree, like, hey, we're gonna go to this bar, um, and like, neither of us were even drinking at the time. We would literally go to pick up girls. You yeah. know, like we weren't. It wasn't like drunk people being like, "You want to come home with us?" Like we'd be sober and be like, "Hey, would you like to come home with us?" Um, and that happened um, and then you know when I moved to Vegas people will want to have group sex and like throw a party but like it's very like we're all aware of what's happening you know it's like hey I'm having an orgy at my house on Saturday would you like to come (laughs) yeah should I bring potato salad like (laughs) yeah that is too funny planned I mean maybe I don't know who I'm going to have sex with or how it's going to go but like it's in the text invite, like, would you like to come to this orgy? <laughs> yeah, this kind of party, right? Yeah. Now, had you ever had uh, been, like, like maybe, like, the sole girl in a gangbang off camera before your first on-screen gangbang? Um, not a gangbang, but I have been, like, double-teamed by two dudes. Okay. But that was... My first time that happening was recently, actually, and I told them after, and I was like, you guys, that was the first time I had sex with more than one dude off camera, and they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I had, like, group sex where there was also other women and stuff, and I was like, but I've never just, like, only had me and more than one dick, and they were like, that's awesome, and I was like, yeah, it was. (laughs) 
Well, now you also said that, you know, now you said that, that cum tends to turn you on the most or, or, or mm-hmm. one of the things that turns you on the most. Mm-hmm. When, when did that start for you? Um, I mean, I, I think it was like I was telling you, like, I really like sucking dick and like that made me happy. Like, as long as there was like cum in my mouth at the end of the day, I didn't care if I came. Uh, but I don't think I was aware of it until that same partner that I had that I would, like, go to the sex clubs with in the Bay Area. Um, he could come and then, like, fuck me again and then come a second time. I think we got up we got up to a pretty high number. I don't remember what it was. But, like, it was normal for him to come at least twice. Wow. And, yeah. But we didn't know, like, he had been trained, like, comments over. And one day I was like, don't stop and I just like put his dick back inside me and he was like oh my god it works (laughs) (laughs) and he was like cool and then he was like you know and then he was into it because he was like hell yeah like he would come all over me and then like keep having sex with me and he'd be like he liked it too um and so I think that's when I like fully realized how much I liked it that's when I realized that I liked it in my eyeballs like when we were done I'd be like come in my eyeballs so that like I could feel it in my eyes all day and that people are going to be like, Oh my God, what happened to your eyes? And I'll just get this like devilish grin. And like, (laughs) I became this really weird cum slut while dating him. Not weird, but like it was new for me and I just became this huge cum slut and it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, like that's why I would like to have like that threesome that I had recently was awesome. Cause like dude came and his cum was all over me. And then like he was done, but there was cum on me and I like had a, you know, had a dick in my mouth, and I, like, grabbed the dude's hands and, like, made him scoop it up off of me, and he was, like, smashing it all over my face, like... Yes! <laughs> but this is you exploring. You're experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> just me and my friends, and, and that came out of nowhere, too, and they and they both knew that I was down, and they both knew that I wanted it, but, like, I honestly don't even know how it started. Just all of a sudden, there was, like, two dicks in me, and I was like, whoa, okay, this kind of party now <laughs> but obviously consensual of course and all that obviously, but yeah right. so i definitely had people try to fuck me like it's a porn like civilians yeah and i'm like first of all and they're like really like they'll try to be really rough or whatever and they just don't know better and i'm like first of all we didn't have a conversation about this like you can't do that to me right now yeah um, consent <laughs> consent consent yeah. and like second of all if i wanted to have porn sex it would have invited over one of my porn friends <laughs> yeah like you know, like, when I have sex with civilians, yeah, sure, I like it. Like, there's one person who, like, who was like, girl, you can slow down, it's fine. I was like, okay. And I was, like, slower and, like, not crazy. And then, like, the next time we had sex, he did have a little bit, like, more energy and there. It was more, it was, like, more intense and he did, like, fuck me harder. But I also wasn't, like, going crazy. Like, you know, we kind of, like, met each other in the middle. And so, like, as far yeah. as, like, figuring that stuff out, it's fun. Um... But yeah, I really hate when somebody's like, um, like someone I dated did this all the time, and I was like, "Can you just like have sex like you love me sometimes?" And they were like, "Yeah, totally." And then like they would always just like fuck me like it was important. I'm not complaining because it felt amazing, and right. he was fan- he was fantastic. But I think it was this weird thing where he's like, "Well, you know." Like, unless I'm as intense as the videos, it's not as good. And I'm like, sometimes I want you, like, face-to-face with me, like, body-to-body, like, barely, you know, like, barely yeah. moving our hips apart from each other um, because I never get that. And so it's nice when people give it to me. Like, that is the one thing that I think I crave the most when I'm working a lot is just, like, 
really nice intimate sex. Well, yeah, or, or your love life, kind of in a sense, you know, like before that. Were you having trouble finding people to satisfy you emotionally and or sexually? No. Um, when I got into porn, I was in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in in my life. Um, I still talk to that person occasionally, um, like friendly wise or whatever. But it was a super healthy relationship. Like, and that's the person I went to the sex clubs with and whatever, too. And so, like, sexually, we were, like, very open and understanding of each other. Um, and then emotionally, we were, like, really, like, best friends, you know? Right. And, like, everyone even would make fun of us that, you know, like, we wouldn't go anywhere without each other. And that was, like, the most unhealthy thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone was like, y'all hang out too much. Maybe you're codependent you know? here. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it was always, you know, super healthy, like very good communication. Um, we literally broke up for no other reason than, um, at the end of the open relationship, I wanted the openness to include me going to work and he would rather me have sex with civilians and we couldn't see eye to eye on that. I was like, Hey, I'd rather you get paid to fuck a stranger than for you to hand pick a girl that you want to sleep with. But I'm allowing that. So, like, even though we don't see it the same way, it's the same act in the end of the day, and it's fulfilling, you know, the the desire we have to have other sex partners. Yeah. And, and we tried it for a little while, and it's it's no harm on him at all whatsoever. Like, he was so mature and healthy about it, and, and I don't think that everyone has to understand it the way that I look at it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I didn't have to understand the way he looked at it either because he was like, no, I only want you to have sex with people that you pick that, like, you really want to have sex with. And I was like, doesn't that kind of threaten you? And he was like, no, I'd rather it be I'd rather it be something that you absolutely have to do instead of something for a paycheck. And I was like, but I absolutely have to do porn, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we, we just, at the end of the day, we didn't see eye to eye. And we tried really hard and we did it. And, and he was around for my first few scenes. Um and I was camming the whole time. He didn't mind me camming at all. He, you know, I would like text him and be like, I've been in a private for four hours. Can you bring me food? You know, like yeah. I haven't been able to cook, bring home food from work or whatever. And, um, definitely always by my side. And then, um, yeah, but it was like very loving. We had all the different types of sex. We were able to communicate about that. We like satisfied each other, um, and loved each other very much. And like, we're like very human to each other and it just didn't work out sexually and which is why we're still able to be friends if we had an adult mature conversation that we um we needed different sex lives than the than the ones that we wanted for each other or we wanted for ourselves and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. So we're talking with Rocky Emerson. She is the incomparable six-foot-plus uh, golly, what can, what more can I say about Rocky Emerson here? Uh, and we're we're talking about her career. She's back in the industry after taking a bit of, bit of a of a hiatus, not too long, weren't gone too long. Uh, and we're glad that she's back. Um, I wanted to ask you, Rocky, about your name because you mentioned that whenever we had cut off, and I was like, oh God, I got to know that. So, oh, and yeah. you seem so eager to want to tell it too. So, how did you get the name Rocky Emerson? Um, 
I I always say my favorite musician, but I don't like picking favorites. But one of my favorite musicians is Rocky Erickson. Um, he spells his first name a little bit differently, but I took that. Um, and then I was I was sitting in my like college history class several years ago, and we're just like sitting there, and I'm like, man, and I'm not paying attention, and I'm like, Rocky what, Rocky what, and I'm like texting my uh, partner at the time that I already told you about, right, and um, I'm like, I don't know what to do, like, I don't want it to be Rocky Erickson, that's the exact same name, and then I look up on the board, and my teacher is teaching about Ralph Waldo Emerson, who I was already familiar with, I already knew I liked his work, um, he's the essayist that like wrote about, um, I, they changed the word, but it's like transcendentalism. Like he started it. Right. Right. And, um, excuse me. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, Emerson, I like him. And it sounds like Erickson. And it was just like this perfect, you know, stupid, stupid lecture in history class that I didn't care about. And I was like, that's it. And so I picked my poor name in college history class. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like nothing could have prepared me for how fucking cool that story is right there. <laughs> First, second of all, for uh, again, I know that Rocky recently passed away this year. Uh, I, I too am a massive fan, and I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something funny too. Is that whenever I would see your name, and whenever that is the exact person that I thought of, and yeah. when we first talked last week. I kept telling Francesca, I kept calling you Rocky Erickson. And, and she and she kept having to say, no, it's Emerson. I was like, oh, my God, I'm totally going to fucking call her Rocky Erickson. And no offense, but I, you're, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if she knows who that is or I wonder if this is some sort of comparison. And of course it is, Rocky, because you're... That is that is outstanding. That is, and and in college history class. So those, like you didn't combine like you know Rachel from Friends with you know some bullshit like that. You know, that's very impressive. So, yeah. uh, and so that's when, how that's how I think Aaron and I talked for the first time ever. Is he messaged me and he was like, "Is your name because of Rocky Erickson?" And I was like, "Yep." Oh my god. <laughs> And I was just melting. I was like, oh, my God, small hands. And so I... Once, and I never thought that I would. And it was already when he was... It was like two years... It was right before I started porn. So it was like two or three years ago. And I, like, cried. It was... And I knew the whole story. And I knew about his health. And I knew about, like, the other musicians that helped him, like, re-record his album so that he could try to get money. And, and yeah. all, like, I am a huge nerd about him. And... Um, and I saw him playing and it was so sweet. I went on, I accidentally went on the 13th floor elevators night. It was two nights in a row. My friend bought tickets. Was a, I think he did it on purpose. He's a 13th floor elevators fan. Well, right. So, right. So he brought me to that show. Um, but at the end of the night, like one of the, one of his band members like came up and was like, we all know what you're really here for. And then they played the entire evil one album. Oh you know? my God. <laughs> Jesus. So I got a double show. Um, and like they started with Night of the Vampire and Rocky started singing it and I just started bawling Uh, after being at the show for like an hour already yes bawling and Eric was like what's going on little girl and I was like it was one of my play partners he's like taller than me he's like 
an older man and I'm just like this little girl that's just like crying and I was like I never thought I would see this live (laughs) (laughs) but that is so awesome it is I live for the I live for those moments like that yeah where there's just he wouldn't give up his guitar it was really sweet he couldn't play it um he was you know his health was failing him at that point yeah yeah and he was just very out of it i think he was really overwhelmed and like tired and you could just see it like he didn't really know what was going on anymore and um and so his tech came up to like grab his guitar for him so he could just sing because he was singing just fine and the tech came up to grab his guitar and he like like clung onto it and looked at him and was like no like this is my guitar and I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so, I mean, it was really, really sad. Like, I cried because I was happy to be there. I cried because of his health that you could clearly see. Um, and then I just cried because it was, like, so sweet. Like, all he wanted to do, even though he had no idea what was going on, right, was to, right. be, to, to be on stage and to perform that song. And it was, like, it was really inspiring, honestly. Like, like I said, it was also really sad, but I was just, like, he, like, really wants to be here. Like, he really wants his guitar. Like, this is really what he loves to do, you know? And and he played until the end, and I know that he had to financially, but, like, when I saw that, I was, like, okay, it's not, he's not just doing it because he has to, because he got screwed out of all his money. Like, he wants to do this, right? So are you, are you into, um, like, in terms of that, like, you find inspiring in terms of music, art, movies, dance? Like, what if, if, if you and I were friends and I knew you and I knew that, like, this band was coming to town, who would it be where I would be like, oh, my God, I got to call Rocky right now and tell her? Who would it be? Night of Nails. Oh, so, you, so, so were you a bit of a, a goth uh, emo kid back in the day? Um. No, Nine Inch Nails, I I had, I had like sort of known about and sort of knew some of their songs, but it's weird how much I'm talking about my ex from the Bay right now, but like, yeah, yeah. He, really, like he really likes them. We spent a lot of time together. Um, yeah, clearly, he, wow. <laughs> he, was, he was like one of the last people I was like really, really tight with and like agreed with on everything, so, um, but like. He played Night of Snails all the time, and I was like, okay, whatever, are we 12? And then he was like, just listen to it. And the, the first time that I got through to me is we were, like, we were fucking on the couch, and he is a weird music, like, he's way more into music than I was, and he put on the Downward Spiral album, and I had no idea what it was, I didn't know it was Nine Inch Nails, all I knew was I was having, like, some of the best sex of my life, and the music going along with it was pretty cool, too. And then when we were done, I was like, what were we listening to? And he was like, the Downward Spiral album by Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, no way. I love Nine Inch Nails. And he was like, I knew I knew you would. <laughs> and then we started listening to him all the time, and I got super into it. I drove from the Bay to L.A. to see them the first time. Um, then when I was moving to Vegas, they were playing a show here. I saw them here for that. Then they went on tour again, and I saw them here and in L.A., and, um, Damn. We hadn't in a, yeah, we hadn't talked in a while, and I texted him, and I was like, so how many times have you seen Nine Inch Nails live? And he was like, I'm going to my third show tonight. And I was like, ha, huh, bitch, I'm going to my fourth show next week. And I was like, I win. <laughs> Damn, so you are a fan. That's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah and it came out of nowhere. Um, I was just 
speaking with another porn person, Alex Legend, who is also obsessed with them. And now he and I are friends because we literally text about Nine Inch Nails for like two hours. <laughs> oh my God. So for our listeners, for a perspective, again, I, I would never ask a, a, a lady how old she is. But but for our listeners, they might need to know because when you say Nine Inch Nails, because they've been around for a while, they might not know that you probably weren't even born when Pretty Hate Machine came out. So I don't think that I was. So you're in your early twenties, aren't you? Yes. Okay, that, that that that's enough. That's fair to say because because yeah. I think that because uh, I think the first one came out in '89. Right. It's it's his 30th anniversary happening uh, this yeah. year. So, uh, well, I and then so okay. How's this then? How around? How old were you when the Downward Spiral came out in '94? <laughs> About how old were you? A baby. A, a, a literally like a baby, baby. <laughs> uh, depending on what time of year it came out. Oh my! Uh, I mean, I mean, we're, we're, you're saying, I mean, like, were you in diapers, baby, in '94? Um, I should do math. See, it's, it's, it's that would be 25 years ago. So I'm looking up. I'm looking up when it came out. Okay. Like, oh wait, '94. Yeah, '94. Came out in '95. I think it was '94. I believe because it, it was five years after uh, the Pretty Hate Machine. I'm pretty sure it was '94. Okay. You know what? Now you're now 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 you're challenging me, so I have to look now. So. <laughs> I know I'm looking it up. I I'm sorry, I'm packing my suitcase. I said ninety five. No, okay. it could it could even, could even be ninety three. It could even be as as early as that. But but I want to say ninety four. And the reason why or reason why I I mention it was oh, it is ninety four. Okay, see, so never challenge the master, babe. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to that shit, I'm I'm Rain Man. When it comes to that shit, yeah, I mean, I basically didn't exist for most of their music. I, so, so, <laughs> but, but so I love that because I love it that that because see, for me, I don't know anybody that is into Nine Inch Nails that wasn't there when I was there originally. I'm a bit I'm a little older than you are, so I was I saw the Downward Spiral tour. Uh, you know, I mean, I was a young guy too, but I was, you know, me and my little friends went and, and what I remember about that is it was interesting because Marilyn Manson's record wasn't out yet and nobody knew who he was to the point where, where like, I didn't know that Marilyn Manson wasn't like, perhaps like one girl. You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there was literally nothing, no press, (laughs) no images, nothing. And the show was not in a big place because this was Trent was making his comeback and all that, and they were playing uh, a place in here in Dallas in Deep Ellum and uh, and called a Bomb Factory, which is kind of like a like a large club, you know, not like a not like five hundred people, but like maybe hold. Let's see, in Vegas, what would I compare it to? Kind of like not like the Double Door or anything, but just a little bit bigger. Anyway, and so Marilyn Manson opens the show, and and holy shit, even if you knew that was coming, how would you prepare for that? But when you had no idea that was coming, and and, and he came out dressed as like the Wicked Witch of the West with a full okay. green, it was the it, it was the greatest shit in the world. Anyway, you and I could probably could talk about music for very long. I um. Uh, so I wanted to, so in ending, I know you're packing and, and again, I'm so grateful to you, uh, for, uh, coming, as far as I'm concerned, Rocky, you should have a weekly segment on the show from now on. Um, I just have Rocky chiming in with fucking outstanding. I mean, you yeah. are living your best life. 
And kicking ass. Again, I look so forward, Rocky, to having you on today. And we should definitely should do a part two. Maybe after you get back from Bali, you'll have some good stories for us. Uh, yeah. I would love to chat again and chat again soon. For sure. So, okay. So once again, so I'm sure people people already know, but why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can find you on the interwebs there? Okay. Um, my Twitter is at Rocky Emerson XXX. By the way, if you already knew who I was and you were already following me, it's a new Twitter. My old one got lost. So you have to refollow me. <laughs> um, and my Instagram is the same. It's at that one tattoo girl. And um, I have an OnlyFans, only, like, OnlyFans slash Rocky Emerson. And I'm melting in this Vegas heat. That's, I mean, that's about it. If you go to my Twitter, you can find all the links to everything. Um, I'm currently getting all my sites back up and running. So Fantastic. And we'll have links to all this on our website, of course, at trickykid.com. That's tricky-kid.com. And look for more from Rocky Emerson. And again, my gratitude, endless gratitude to you. Great talking with you as always. And I look forward to, to being able to chat again soon. Thank you, Rocky. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Shay, your favorite porn Puerto Rican princess, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. <laughs> hey, I want to thank all of our great sponsors. Man, we've had a, a great couple of weeks, and I hope everyone's having a fantastic summer. Again, you don't normally hear from us in the, during the summertime, uh, but uh, usually the show doesn't begin till after Labor Day. But uh, again, we had to make an exception for uh, God for the goddess that is Rocky Emerson. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of things here. Um, we were recently at Let's Play Gaming Expo in Irving, Texas, and we did the show live. I want to thank them for being such great sponsors. Uh, lots of great stuff coming up uh, from them. They have a lot of great uh, events coming up. Uh, we're going to be at uh, the Riot Fest in Chicago. A lot of you guys know that I toured with a band called Ween uh, for many years, and they're good. there's a, the lineup is just insane. Uh, it's like Slayer's last show in Chicago. Uh, make sure you're at Riot Fest if you haven't already got your tickets. Uh, it's, it comes up uh, coming your way September 13th through uh, the 15th there in Chicago. And again, the lineup is nuts. It's the return of Bikini Kill. Uh, again, uh, Anthrax is going to be there. Uh, our good friends Anthrax. Uh, lots of, if you're into that sort of thing, like Testament's also there. Uh, Die Antword, talk about some crazy stuff there. Uh, man, the Ron Contours, Violent Films, list goes on and on. So we will see you in Chicago. And so I'm going to bring out another song, actually. Um, since we got two guests, how about two songs? The kind of appropriate, kind of have a fun little segue here. Uh, Tucker from Sleater Kenny has got a side band called Filthy Friends. And so we got some of our filthy friends on today. And, and I mean that in the most sincere, positive, and um, complimentary way. Because, I mean, golly, Rocky and Mandy are just so fearless and fun and filthy and just having a great time uh and we're so glad glad to have them this week so uh this is off their new album emerald valley that came out back in may on uh, kill rock stars and you know that cedar kenny's gonna have a bit of a a tumultuous time they have a new album coming out called um 
called The Center Won't Hold coming out later this year. But, you know, Janet Weiss, their drummer, decided she didn't want to be with a band. And uh, and her other band, Quasi, are having to cancel their tour because Janet was just recently in a car wreck. So we want to uh, send out our wishes to Janet Weiss and, um, and back to a speedy recovery. And we... Still don't know what's, what's going to happen with Sleater Kenny. I know that they're coming to uh, the House of Blues here in Dallas uh, later this year, and I was looking forward to that. Thankfully, I was able to get to see Sleater Kenny uh, during their first run um, in the early 1990s, but a lot of people haven't, so I hope that uh, they'll still be able to bring that and uh, looking forward to that new record. But anyway, this, again, is, is the song Last Chance County uh, from their album Emerald Valley. This is Filthy Friends, and we'll be right back with Mandy Meadows. And you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Thank you so much for listening.
what kind of person uh, at 25, what experience had you had? What would it have been like to, to have been your boyfriend or girlfriend two years ago? Well, I've been consistently sleeping with the same person for the last two years, okay. and I really have never been someone that put a staple on a relationship or had a boyfriend. I've had the same partner multiple right. times, I guess the best way of saying it, but when I first started having sex, which is at 19, my first interest was in older men and I went up to one of my bosses I worked for and uh, I just said I think there's something about you that I think you would know how to fuck me really well and if could you have sex with me and like show me stuff and he was very astonished by me asking that question because I asked it in a very like professional manner so uh, then I was thrown in under this giant, amazing, like, month of him teasing me and not having sex with me, and then I ended up having sex with him and two of his friends, and that was one of the first sexual experiences I ever had. So it was all all three at the same time? Yeah. (laughs) God. And it was so fun because it was, like, you know, nice people, great people, everyone loves each other, everyone's respectful. And they made me breakfast and drove me home. Everything was great. This sounds like <laughs> this sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. So let's let's because <laughs> it, it, it's so positive and awesome. And so let's back it up a second because I'm you know uh, what do they, what do they say the the joys and the details right. So so back it up a second. So you're 19. How old, how old is the boss? 38. Okay, 38. Wow, okay. So then, and then, we don't have to, of course, say where you work, but what is the, what is the dynamic here? Like, I mean, is it like a service industry job? Is it an office job? You see what what I'm getting at? Service industry. Gotcha, okay. And the reason why, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I could be not super specific, but (laughs) it just makes it kind of sound funnier. It's like, I worked on one, like a dinner cruise. Okay. One of the dinner cruises at Lake Michigan. In, in Chicago, Navy Pier, and yeah, it was on one of those boats. But here's why this is also so great, because the, the first thing that people will hear when they say that, they'll say, well, especially in the era that we live in, of course, right now, which is which is good. I'm glad that there's a movement happening, but, but sometimes, you know, things get lumped in with that, and I, and I think that this would be a, the case, that people would hear this and they automatically they would go... He abused his position of power, and this was an awful thing. And here is a consensual adult who is relaying this tale with a, that has a great memory and had a great experience. And I love that. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this also. I still talk to him to today. We're <laughs> <It's> still tight. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, hello. I mean, there's there's really no coming back from that, right? I mean, you guys yeah. are you guys are connected forever. But here's also what's so great, and that we have to be be aware of, is that okay. And you know, you were you were AVN, and this is a thing against porn fans or whatever. But you know that that place was just literally crawling the majority with like unfuckable men, right? Is that fair to say, right? Okay. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate, and okay, but. All of them in their wild, 
like in their wildest dreams, they think that that's how that shit's going to go down, right? And of course it's never going to go down where, you know, the... Um, you know, the, the thing where, like, the guy comes to fix the cable and, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, and then suddenly the she's having sex with a cable guy. Like, that doesn't actually happen. So, normally, there's a big thing to direct those people. Like, like look, guys, we need to educate you that this isn't how, this isn't reality. But in your case, <laughs> this is actually how it happened. Nobody in the history of the world had a was a boss on a cruise and had their unspeakably hot 19-year-old employee come up to them and say, would you like to be my mentor of sex? <laughs> this is the... Well, I just worded it so beautifully. This I can't is, wait to tell him. <laughs> well, well, he'll hear it, so you have to, he'll have to, uh, have to listen to the show. So th- this might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. So you have to have to expound. So so how did and it was cool. I like how he took his time to be going, okay, sure, how does three o'clock sound? He like teased you for a month and and did the build up. So talk about that for a little bit. I was living in this crazy apartment, just a bunch of young people trying to have an apartment in Chicago and really did not like working as a server on a job. It was cool to be on a boat, but it still was a pain in the ass to want to go to work every day. Right. But once that happened, this teasing thing, I was there on time all the time. I would come early. I would wait, like, see him, and he would just text me silly things and ask me questions about my vagina, and it was great. And I never experienced that before. And then I'd see him, and he'd be super nice to me in, in my face. It would be like, hey, how's it going? But pretending like it's not happening. But as a young person that really didn't have much sexual sexual experiences, I was just gravitated. I'm like, wait, are you going to tell me that? Are you going to touch me? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to work on time every day. <laughs> now, would you ever get aggressive? Like, this is not my personality, and also I didn't want... I wanted him to like me. Right. And I wasn't sure, though. But even though he was very nice. Very, very nice. But did you he ever... Just, he these little cute little winks and shit at me. Like, <laughs> oh. This is a smooth... <laughs> there and giggle. <laughs> this is one smooth motherfucker, man. Was this, right? Bill, was this Billy D. Williams? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like is Billy D. Williams going to be listening to this episode? Is that who? Is that, was that your cruise director? Was <laughs> was Lando Calrissian your boss? Like, uh, so so for those that are listening, I'm sure of course they'll Google you and everything else. But uh, why don't you tell them just, just real quickly? Like, okay, so at this point you were 19. What is your ethnicity and what is your what is your background with all that? Like, describe yourself and your and your your beautiful boobies. <laughs> My non-shitty boobies and me. That's right. <laughs> uh, I was born in Chicago, and my background is Russian, Polish, German, Scottish. I'm a giant mix of shit. And uh, I was raised partially Jewish, like, ex- like you know, cutely celebrating Hanukkah, and I, I have a Hebrew name, but I personally don't practice that. But I got the Jew look, sort of. I hear it a lot. I don't know. Jews are, it's like other Jews know I'm a Jew, but even though I'm not really a Jew, because my mom's not Jewish, uh, 
Yeah, so always living in Chicago and moved out when I was 17. I went to, I graduated high school a year early and went to college just in the city where I wasn't very, raised very far from it. 20 miles or so. Um, had a dorm out there. And kind of just was studying vocal performance. Being a complete musical theater nerd and wanting to go see musicals all the time. Then I changed colleges, kind of hopped at different dorms at different colleges all in the city of Chicago. But and then went to having my own apartment. Once I figured out when I was 20 that I loved sex, I got my own studio so that I could fuck whoever I wanted all the time. <laughs> that was after the uh, foursome. I don't know if that would be considered a gangbang. I think, I think, I think, I think more than two, I think definitely, I think qualifies. <laughs> probably Urban Dictionary knows. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, exactly. Like, 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 like we'll be the first people on earth to kind of go, what exactly is the math behind? <laughs> like, what, what exactly does that take to do that? Like, uh, you know, because I, because I, because we want to qualify. It's like oh, the only way anybody would would Google that is if because they were like determined, like they're gonna get a trophy. Like, see, I, <laughs> I, I, here's the math. I crossed into it. You see. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So, so how, so how did that happen though? So, so again, this went on for a month. Uh, and again, and you never like teased back. Like I said, you never got aggressive. You never finally was like almost exasperated. Did, did he ever kind of feel like I've done? I've played hard to get before too. I know you have too. But you also know that you can only do that for so long before the person is just kind of like, okay, fuck this. Was there? Did it ever teeter on on that? Not at all. I think it was the fact he was of higher power. Sure. But it was more of the fact that he was older, and I felt naive, but, so I just still was begging for attention, basically, but never, I just not a person that can get aggressive. At this point now, I wouldn't, I mean, actually, it'd probably be fun to find someone that would do that to me, <laughs> again. Yeah. yeah. But now, I'm, now I'm like, I don't know if I can find that again, I think it's just, just how it was supposed to all begin. Right, right, right. But, but, I guess, but, but not even being, like, aggressive. I mean, were there things, like, would, would you suddenly, you know, like, do some innocently, like, maybe flashing or, you know, just sort of teasing, wearing tighter clothing, that sort of, I mean, like, um, did you do anything to engineer it? Stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would text him asking him what I could do to make him have sex with me faster. <laughs> and then he would just send back a wink, and that's it. <laughs> like, no! I mean, it answered my question. God, he but owned you, man. Oh, God, I see him in person and just start sweating. <laughs> this, this... I'm, like, just holding a tray and just shaking. But it's so amazing that he wanted to share that, especially even the first time. It seemed like he would want, at least the first time, all to himself. So walk me in, I mean, like, because people are going to hear this and going to go, oh, you were ambushed and you were taken advantage of. Like, let be very clear about how this was a completely consensual 
fun experience that you just said you would like to experience again. So take me there. To the the gangbang or yeah, yeah, right. quote unquote, whatever it's qualified as. Um, he had a work party. So everyone that I worked with was invited. He texted me and said, hey, if you need a place to stay so that you don't have to worry about Ubering back home, just stay here. It's not a big deal. And <laughs> so <laughs> at the end of the party, which was a very fun party, at the time I was also young, getting used to drinking, you know, so he was just being a gentleman, making sure that a young girl is drinking and not going home by herself. Right. Um, everyone started leaving, and then I politely asked, should I just go? I feel bad staying here. And he said, no, 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 you just stay, it's fine. And everyone's gone, aside from two of his friends that flew in from New Jersey. <laughs> and, and were they we were also there. and were they also older? Yes. Okay. They, they all know each other since high school. So that entire party, they his friends were flirting with me, and by the time that everyone had left, I was just so overwhelmed by all this male attention. Like I was just like glowing. Like, I could not stop smiling and sweating and shaking. Like, <laughs> It was so good, <laughs> and so kindly, both of that both of his friends started touching me at the same time, and they said, "Is this okay?" <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then my boss is sitting there watching, <laughs> and that's where the journey began. Okay, so at that point, what was the what was the last time you had had sex before that point? Maybe a couple months before, but still, like in that experimental period of having it, be like, I don't like this this person. I don't like this person either. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, and so so he's watching, and so. And, and see, that's what's interesting to me, too, because, okay, that's what I mean, is that, all right, there's, you know, people, you know, I, we all, of course, love sex and have our own things that get us off and desires and fetishes, but do you know what I mean when I say that there is, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to have some, some good times with some good people in my life, right? Uh, but I can look back and say that there has been a couple experiences in my life where I have met girls that were like what you were saying, that were just this such a super sexual... I mean, like, they were the kind of person where, like, if they were wearing a short skirt and the, and the wind picked up, they would they would literally would have to just lean up against the side of a building and was like, you know what I mean? Like, they could just get off. Like, they were just this, yeah. this super... That's what I mean. And, and so whenever I met you, within the first 30 seconds, there's just something so powerfully just... You know what I mean? Like, you're vibrating in a much higher frequency than the rest of us, Mandy. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? As I sit here holding my vagina giggling. <laughs> right. I love it. And, and, and that's what I mean. Is that That's what would make you kind of up for it. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, in that situation, 
maybe a lot a different kind of person and nothing wrong with that of course might have been like oh my god you're you know one of your friends gonna leave uh you again and again you know or we're so open and up for it because again like i said you're just this you're like a walking orgasm man it's crazy <laughs> i do like to hump things that is very true and that a, is a very true statement and if our listeners know that you're literally touching yourself right now on air, my my ratings are going to go through the roof. <laughs> so I'm just holding on to it since no one else can. Yeah. Just... Like my, my baby penis, my clit, my clit. <laughs> I just shot a scene with uh, James Dean. And uh, he, I did an interview with him. And I call it the clit soul, I guess. It came out of my mouth. <laughs> like, I'm just holding on to my clit soul. <laughs> God, you, you see, you've got the brains and and the this, like, weapons-grade, like, sexual energy that's insanity, man. Now, <laughs> did you have, just to be, uh, how was your experience with him? Because I've, you know, I, I know that he kind of went through... Uh, a little bit of of a, of a detraction uh, not that long ago uh, in the industry and stuff. And so, did you were you aware of that? Did you have any reservations about working with him beforehand? I met him at Xbiz, and the reason I met him was because it was so loud inside this party, and I went downstairs at the same time he did because of so much sensory overload got so loud. And we both came downstairs at the same time. I didn't know who he was. Really? Okay. And um, I'm not much of a porn washer. Okay. But uh, then someone introduced me to him, even though I was talking to him, because we were talking about how loud and obnoxious it was upstairs. And we were downstairs, and then from there, just started talking, and I met him again at AVN. And I saw him, I was uh, with Steve Holmes. Okay. He's, he's kind of my date for AVN. Okay. Um, and we went to another party, and then I found James again. And we talked about poop <laughs> at the party. Because <laughs> someone said, he said, he mentioned something about poop, and all these people were just like, man, it's poop. You thought we said poop, man. And then I was like, wait, but. Good poops are awesome. (laughs) So then we came up with this joker. He's like, you can't poop shame people. So that's how our friendship began. He reached out to me last week, and I did research him and figured out that uh, he, I saw all those allegations and stuff, and I finally worked with him because he went out of his way to make sure I get some money. Right. God bless his soul. So I'm in Vegas right now. Is from shooting with him. Okay. And he is the nicest person I think I've met in the industry. Steve, I he's only the only one I've really gotten to know aside Steve. Um, but he is so nice and so fun and so silly. And everything you want to do is all on you. There is no. I'm gonna pound you and blah 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 it's all up to me all up to me every single second of the moment of the whole day as it should be yeah 
Yeah, and he's and he, all he does is repeat that over and over and over. And he's telling me a lot of girls that he's worked with. Well, <laughs> literally asked him, "Is it okay if I go brush my teeth?" Oh my like, God! Oh, how old are you? <laughs> go brush your teeth. Well, is it because Just get up and go brush your teeth? Right, but is it because they have been on different sets where where it was not like that, and they felt like they had to ask permission to do anything? I mean, have you had have you ever had any sort of bad experience like that, or or, or any sort of? I've, yes, and also for the most part, it's more about some people. You just have to be very. If a scene's taking too long. As girl, you just have to be like, no, we're done. Right. We're done. This is taking too long, and my vagina so it hurts now, so I don't right. want to do this anymore. But you have to know not to let yourself suffer. <laughs> like you have to call it out, because a lot of, you know, especially if you're working with male director, um, they, I've been on bigger sets where it's a team that's working, and you have to say these things because it's not like someone can read your mind you have right. to speak up the worst that can happen is you say cut and you stop and take a break as a girl you're always given that right especially as a girl because guys train themselves to just stay hard <laughs> just keep fucking it's really it comes more of an action you're just like oh, i'm acting with my holes <laughs> right right so right at a certain point for the amount of time you take to film it's it's not as a it's not like anyone's sitting there. Everyone's having fun for the most part. Right. But sometimes things can take too long. Then girls' vaginas get tired. So yeah. I think a lot of girls have the trouble of speaking up because a lot of girls join the industry very young. I think that's a part of it. Yes. They don't know what their body needs specifically. But what? there's everything is given to you. Everything is provided. There's always food. There's wine if you want it. There's, there's anything you need. I think a lot of people don't want to say anything. Oh well, I think also too. I think I think it's also it's fair to say that it's also kind of a fundamental thing because I mean I can remember being on my very very first job, just you know like a fast food job, and there were you know, you kind of tend to forget your personality when you're under, you know under when you're a subordinate for the first time professionally. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. it's like hey. Uh, you know, cut those tomatoes, sweep the floor, and then wash the dishes. And for some reason, in, in that moment, like I don't remember how to sweep. I don't remember how to actually yeah. wash dishes because it's under this. So I think that there's a fundamental thing. It just happens to be in you know the added fear and the awkwardness of suddenly you know being naked around people and what you're doing. And then and then I think that sometimes it might wound certain people's like you know. Soon, you know, like let's say they're 18, their family doesn't know what they're doing, their friends don't know what they're doing, they're not really sure that they should be doing this, but it seems exciting. You don't have a lot of confidence, yeah. maybe, to be able to, you know, to be this seasoned, uh, you know, uh, commanding person. So, but I'm glad that you had some great experiences. And speaking of experiences, just to take us back to the cruise for a second. So, so because so, this is awesome, because you've never actually done a gangbang on camera, right? Uh, no. Right, so no. how cool is that, that, like, you are maybe the only performer that has done a gangbang off camera, but not yet a couple. <laughs> so that wasn't the only one. I, I am in love with you. I can't believe it. Like, okay, so this is so awesome. Okay, so, all right. 
So when you were on the cruise, like I said, the, the two friends of his were like, hey, cool, the boss is watching. Tell me, like, at what I mean, was it how it proceeded? And were you, were you doing crazy gonzo shit or what? Like, like I mean... Well, I, I, what I mean is, is like, I mean, like most people are never going to be in a situation where they're actually going to do DP and a lot of these kind of sporty, you know, kind of acts unless they're being paid to do it or to being directed to do it. So that's what I was wondering. So when you did that when, with the cruise guy and his two friends, like, was there DP involved? Was there airtight involved? Or was it just, like, describe that for me for a little bit. You know, honestly, it's one of those things that I was so overwhelmed with adrenaline, I barely even can recall, like, how the specifics went down. I, one of his friends brought me onto the floor, like, laid out this very, very cozy, soft blanket, and brought me to the floor, and he started licking me, and, um, after that... He started fucking me, and then his other friend put his dick in my mouth, and then I was laying on my back. They flipped me over, but I was on my hands and knees being fucked and sucking dick, and then my boss eventually came in and started playing with my tits. Then they all kind of switched around. But did you, and you'll see why, why I'm asking, is because, okay, like at any point, do you recall at any point having two cocks in your mouth at the same yes. time during that? Oh, not two cocks in my mouth at the same time, no. Which would have been funny, though. It was a lot of laughing, lots and lots of laughing. I feel like that's how it just happens in real life. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's so, so, <laughs> so I'm glad that you picked up on that, because my thing is, is, is it, was there anything that you went on to do in your career or have not yet done that you haven't done in your personal life yet that you were hoping that porn could bring? Like, is there any fantasy for you that you're hoping to live out if you haven't already? I think my more ga- more people at the gangbang, more men, I just want all the penises. It's, it's awesome. It, and I, I encourage and support this notion. I... Uh, <laughs> But so have you have you done DP on camera? No, not yet. But well, I would gladly. But in your personal life, though. No, it, I mean, it, I think I, I was fucked in the ass during that with my boss, because he fucked me in the butt. But I don't remember if there was another penis still in me, because I mean, I think it was one in my mouth at least. Because that counts. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if I was laying over someone else still. I don't remember if that was also in, still in my pussy or not. I honestly don't know. Probably. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're probably trying not to make my baby holes <laughs> get a, too, too blown up, but I don't remember. I, I don't think I would have remembered. Right. Because at a certain point of, of happiness and feeling so good, you're going to just like everything just feels you like euphoric and you you just keep going. <laughs> you just especially that's why I love having sex with 
men and men only and lots of them because I love being controlled and what's really cool for me about or to me about a gangbang is that is so many things happening around you it's just like sensory overload and you're not even thinking and it's amazing though because you have all this attention on you and you feel like like a queen or something right but do you also so so and then where did like what, like you said when they did that compared to like what you see again on camera you do you regularly like have anal sex or DP and have had experiences like that off camera? And what has prevented you from having it on camera as of right now? Really, it's just finding work because I'm independent. Right. I also need good notice, and sometimes shoots can happen last minute, and I need at least a few days to truly prep my butt for uh, a scene because. That's more of an athletic. That's what I was saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's more of a gymnastics going on in on set. That's what I said. I I called it sporty. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I love. There's way more chance of your poop falling out. Right. (laughs) If you don't clean it out, in real life, you could do it in a more lazy actual way. I don't really. I just don't really have. a network of people that I routinely have sex with. Uh, the last time I had anal was with Steve. <laughs> Call it anal Valentine's Day with Steve Holmes. Because uh, he was my Valentine. There you go. <laughs> but I love it that I love it that your boss, at the first chance he got, he did not hesitate and went right for the ass. It just worked. That's so it awesome. Was, it was amazing. I think that's what got me kind of hooked had you it didn't even matter if I was prepped or anything because at the time I mean I wasn't in the industry so right it, it was just as beautiful like it was not even in my mind his dick just like went right in like probably because I was anticipating him himself like his entire body not just not just his dick I've never just craved a dick I crave certain people right right it doesn't matter about I don't need, even if they didn't have a penis, they know how to turn me on. It's just like, oh, you know, I'll just become a total sucker for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, but not to mention that, but it's just like you said, it's kind of like what they say, the, the brain is the largest erogenous zone, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so, but had you had anal sex before that? No. So this was your, your introduction to it, and it, yes. and it got you hooked. Yeah. Now, where did they finish? Uh, well, we were all safe and used condoms because outside the industry, you need to do that. Of course. They all finished inside me, and but I didn't. I had never been come inside of at that point at all. No one came in me because we all had condoms. I see. Well, obviously not me, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they all came in me. Well, so I was. So I was wondering though, because when you talk about how you would you kind of crave the idea of like a much larger one, was that a lot of times when people want a much larger one, some of the one of the benefits is that is that uh, they really love cum and they really so in the more dicks the more cum. So what is what is your take on that? 
I love come after in the last couple of years repeatedly having sex with the same person and I had never been come no one's ever come in me before him and I loved his come it's like I started craving his taste now uh, he kind of broke my cum cherry I love cum <laughs> I think it's it's either hilarious or it's <laughs> or it's uh it's just like satisfying to know that's like yeah I did that yeah. <laughs> I made that volcano explode <laughs> <laughs> tell me your best experience either on camera or off camera involving that